0: Hi there, I'm August Bryce. Welcome to Thriving with Technology. Today's podcast is going to be amazing. I'm talking to Professor Ule Johansson. Now, I've had the pleasure of hanging out with Ula a couple of times. Uh, First at the Global EMF Conference in London a few years ago, and then two years ago, I met him at the EMF Conference that Tech Wellness sponsored, the EMF Health Conference, the very first one. Ula, this man is amazing. He is considered the world's leading authority in the field of EMF radiation and health effects because you know, he was the first one 30 years ago, and he's gonna talk about this, to discover what he termed Green dermatitis, which later uh, rolled into electromagnetic hypersensitivity. He was the first one to notice this, talk about it, and research it as a professor at the internationally acclaimed Karolinka Institute in Sweden. He has written, listen to this, over 600 papers, and he is still doing research. In fact, just last year, he did research on how EMF affects the honeybees. And he did this in November and published it then. And of course, we're going to link to that because I'm sure that we all want to know about it. In fact, he's going to talk about it a little bit in today's podcast. He's going to talk about how he discovered screen dermatitis, and he has a warning for us, which I have to say actually surprised me in its intensity because although Ula is really a brilliant man with such a huge breadth of knowledge, he always makes the conversation light and fun because he's just a funny guy and so enjoyable to listen to. So this answer is so intense. I think you're really going to want to hear it. So here we go. We're going to dig in. Let's get started with Professor Ula Johansson. So Ula, welcome. Welcome to Thriving with Technology. How are you? Well,
1: I'm fine. Here is a beautiful winter's day. It has been snowing quite a lot and being a Swede. We love, of course, the white landscape. It looks like a fairy tale, really. So, no, I'm feeling fine. Thank you.
0: That's beautiful. I can just imagine it. So I got into this field because I've always felt that the energy from my cell phone, the energy from all of the wireless devices just messes with the energy of my body. And I realized it the first time I held a cell phone over 30 years ago, and I actually have it on videotape. I have the, uh, opening the present and my husband saying, here, use it, try it, try it. And I pick it up and he goes, call your mom. And I just press it. And my body shakes because I can feel the energy and it didn't feel good. And so that sent me on a quest to figure out why everyone else felt so great using their phones. (laughs) So anyway, and then later, of course, we came to understand that it was electromagnetic hypersensitivity. And that's why I'm so thrilled to be talking to you today, because you're really the man who put this together in the first place, right? Over at the, correct? At the Karolinka Institute.
1: Yeah, that's very kind of you to say that, you know, and uh, it was uh, long before you were even born because we started already at the end of the 1970s. And one of several focuses at that time was uh, electro hypersensitivity. But another leg was also whether women that were pregnant, should they sit in front of the newly introduced personal computers or not? And based upon our research, as well as as other scientists around the world. In Sweden it was decided that they could opt out while they were pregnant, which I think was a very wise call actually.
0: And that was your research?
1: Yes. About
0: and what did you discover?
1: Groups. Yeah, and also other research groups and uh, so Uh, the authorities here in Sweden they put the data together and we didn't know very much at the time but people felt we knew enough and there was actually quite a quest to um, uh, come up uh, with low radiation computer screens and now we are talking uh, about the the mid 1980s and Mm -hmm. that was also very interesting because many companies they were fighting out the battle and uh, I would say the winners really were Nokia Consumer Electronics in Finland who developed the very low radiation computer screens for uh, laptops as well as for stationary computers and personal computers. And of course, you know, today if you and I would stand somewhere you know, and uh, shout to people, come here uh, please buy our high radiation computer screen no one would buy it because people have learned that mm, there is something with electromagnetic fields and health, and we better go as low as possible.
0: Yes, but we still have high radiation screens, correct? Yes. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yes, because <laughs> uh, the companies, they reduced dramatically at certain intervals. But unfortunately, that meant with the introduction of more high-speed electronics and computer um, pieces that at some other frequency intervals they became more high radiation but no one understood that at that time you have to be leave me we were all kind of amateurs and probably we still are amateurs and there is so much to any household or occupational equipment so one has to think many many rounds when you can uh, construct such electronics
0: Back in the 70s, you started doing research and we were.
1: Yeah, at the end of the 1970s, actually the year that is important here is 1979 because the first cases of electro hypersensitive people were reported from a country you probably have heard of, United States (laughs) of America and from Norway.
0: Yes, I would be in that group. And by the way, I was born, but that was very sweet of you (laughs) to insinuate that I wasn't. (laughs) I'll go with that. (laughs) But yes, so I felt it immediately and it didn't feel good and it remains that way. But what exactly did you discover?
1: Well, it all started actually, not with a podcast, but with a radio program. And you have to believe me, at that time, I wasn't any radio listener. I couldn't concentrate with the radio on. And one evening at eight o'clock in the laboratory, I was about to leave and go home and someone had left the radio on. And I was... Mm -hmm. about to turn it off when I heard a woman talk about something with personal computers computer screens and skin rashes in people that at that time didn't have any real name later on I coined the expression screen dermatitis just to tell people that they had got these skin irritations skin rashes pricking pain and so on in front of uh, computer screens and that later on in the 1990s, developed into the functional impairment called electrohypersensitivity. hypersensitivity. Had I turned the radio off, we would not talk today. So it's really very odd uh, to talk about this because I was so close to just turn it off. But I started to listen to the woman and her name is Kajsa Vedin. And she worked at one of the trade unions here in Sweden. And she was asking for expertise in clinical neurology and I'm not a clinical neurologist but I thought well I'm in the um, basic neurosciences that's close enough so I called her and that was the start of the very first study uh, where we met together with a physicist and a lot of other people just to interview people with electrohypersensitivity, hypersensitivity just to listen to their personal stories and that formed the basis of also taking skin biopsies and it was then that we and we had like 20, 25 maybe even 30 experts in the group that was formed Uh, but we were the only ones that actually found something, namely uh, what we saw in these skin biopsies completely mimicked any form of classical radiation damage which you would Mm -hmm. have got from playing around with um, plutonium or radium or uranium or exposing yourself to X-rays or strong ultraviolet light. But these uh, women and men had only sat in front of computer screens. They had not been playing with radioactivity or anything like that. But still, alterations in the cutaneous biopsies, they were exactly the same as from so-called ionizing radiation. So that became the working model that something in the computer had changed the skin in such a way as if they had a radiation damage. Could it be the so-called non-ionizing radiation? Um, and among them, for instance, the microwaves that we use 24-7 for all our fun gadgets like cell phones, smartphones, tablets,
0: laptops, etc. Okay, so let me break in here and talk a little bit about the definitions for wireless energy because that's what Ula is talking about. Now, wireless energy comes from all of our wireless devices. It comes from our cell phones, our smartphones, the Wi-Fi, the Bluetooth, the AirPods. It comes from anything that makes a connection wirelessly, including your microwave. So all the terms for that energy are interchangeable, but there are quite a few, and they are non-ionizing radiation. It's also called microwave energy. It's also called microwaves. It's also called RF for radio frequency radiation. It's also called EMR for electromagnetic radiation. And a lot of people just call it EMF because it is a type of EMF. And ULA, I can confirm this because I do a lot of videos to show people the invisible wireless energy. And mm. I use my meters and I want to demonstrate because, you know, you can't see it, smell it, touch it. A lot of people don't even know it's there. And so the meters help to make it visible. So I was doing the low power Wi-Fi and then a normal Wi-Fi. I was doing the comparison. Mm. I stood three feet away, mm. held my meter and was only exposed for maybe three minutes because I could feel it. It was very uncomfortable. Within probably 40 minutes, my Mm -hmm. producer said, oh my gosh, what happened to your hand? My hand looked like it had been burned, Mm -hmm. red, Mm -hmm. bumpy, painful. Mm -hmm. It took probably, I don't know, about a week Mm -hmm. for it to finally subside. So, yeah, this I completely exactly, get it. Yeah, this is
1: exactly what we saw too, you know. We exposed people with electron hypersensitivity uh, for as short as one hour or even half an hour. And they got exactly the same. They looked as if they had been out in the sun for a whole day, but they hadn't because this was in December in Stockholm. And trust me, December <laughs> in Stockholm there's no sun, it's just darkness. And they were not exposed to anything and then led us to uh, more and more uh, realize that the electromagnetic fields could impose uh, on the skin as well as other organs, of course, and produce all the symptoms. So that became, as I said, our basic uh, research model. This was just about the radiation damage. Unfortunately, uh, and you have probably uh, come across the same experience, suddenly, society uh, often represented by medical doctors said no no there is nothing wrong with the computer it's in the head of these Mm -hmm. electro hypersensitive people and so we met an enormous opposition uh, during the following years and around the mid-1990s all possibilities uh, to get uh, governmental funding for research and so on, they were actively stopped. And Why? since then, we have had a tremendous hard time to actually survive, if you call it like that, to get the necessary money to do some kind of investigations.
0: Why? Why did it stop?
1: Um I wish I had the simple answer. I have to say I don't know. Having all the history of uh, medical research in the back of my head, it's tempting of course to say, well, uh, our research could jeopardize uh, the coming uh, microwave-based wireless society, and no one wanted to listen to this, especially not politicians, people from the economy side, the different companies the operators they just didn't want to know but i cannot say that i know it was that cause behind it but we were Actively stopped.
0: Well, you know what's so great about today? So many people really are becoming aware of the term EMF and they're becoming aware of wireless energy radiation. Yeah. And they're starting to understand that because there are what, thousands of other research studies showing that there is a biological effect?
1: Yes. Yes. There's many, many thousands
0: many thousands, that maybe this could apply to them or their children. And so- knowing that now, which I'm, I'm so glad, I would love to know from you the most interesting thing that you have found out research wise and say the last year that we should all know about.
1: Oh, wow. Um, I would actually go a few years back to 2017 and I am not uh, involved in that research, but that uh, is the kind of um, results that keep me awake in the night, namely American scientists led by a person called Tahiri, showed in 2017 that ordinary bacteria, bacteria you have on your body as well as inside of your body, if they're exposed to the old type GSM, what we call the second generation mobile telephony, as well as to super modern Wi-Fi routers, nothing much happened apart from one thing. And it is that thing that keeps me awake. Namely, the bacteria became, after exposing themselves to an ordinary uh, Wi-Fi uh, exposure or 2 g cell phone call, they became antibiotic resistant. Mm. The very same year completely independent of each other um, the G20 countries in the world had a separate meeting in Europe only about the fact that more than 25,000 people die prematurely in Europe each year from antibiotic resistance in medical health care. And it was said that by the year 2050, um, uh, this um, figure worldwide would be more than 10 million people. And uh, last year, during the corona crisis, the World Health Organization in Geneva, in Switzerland, they were asked, what is the most uh, threatening and dramatic future panorama you can see in the field of healthcare? And they immediately said, well, that's antibiotic resistance.
0: Well, and yes, and we crisis, have heard
1: you know, the Corona yes. crisis compared to that is just nothing because the 10 million people uh, we are talking about 2050 that would die prematurely. If you combine the G20 um, meeting uh, with the results of Tahiri, the 10 million people could become 7.6 billion because with antibiotic resistance, then again, as we did in the end of the 1900 century, um, uh, then again, people would start dying like from a splinter in their thumb. Wow. And, you know, I I immediately called then a relative I have, uh, who is an orthopedic surgeon. And I asked her, tell me, I said, is this with antibiotic resistance? We see it on the newspaper flyers and uh, uh, the headlines in television news and so on. But how bad is it? Tell me. And then she laughed and said, bad. Well, it's much more than bad, you know. It's a a dramatic uh, situation and we are waiting for someone in the world to come up with new types of antibiotics. And if they don't do that, well, then we have a real problem at hand. And as I said, a few months later on, uh, then uh, the World Health Organization announced that this is the um, biggest threat in the human future antibiotic resistance. So of course that kind of studies, and they are not the only ones Tahirian co-workers, there are other replications. They keep me awake. Yes.
0: I agree. And of course my audience has heard of antibiotic resistance and the dangers of it. And what we mostly understand about the antibiotic resistance is that we are taking too many of them and that they're ending up in our water supplies. And so that's why we are becoming Resistance to antibiotics. So, what percentage, if you could guess, maybe you won't, but what percentage of the problem do you actually believe is the effect of the wireless energy on bacteria, on our cells?
1: On the bacteria. Based upon the research I read, I would say that uh, the effect of wireless radiation is far bigger than the effect of a few molecules in the drinking water, Uh, so... I think here it's time to reflect and I hope that the world governments and uh, parliaments and so on are not only occupied with the COVID-19 question but also spends time on this because while we talk, you and I, every bacteria in the world is of course exposed to wireless energy 24-7. Wherever you are, wherever you live, wherever you go to school, wherever you work and, and all the bacteria, every where they are constantly exposed and maybe yes. while we talk they are becoming antibiotic resistant and with such a biological system on the loose in the world well anything could happen
0: it's extraordinarily scary yeah, now tell is. me and, and what, you know, what was the amount what was the amount of exposure
1: oh that was just common exposure as you would get from any cell phone or uh, baby alarm or whatever you know So, I yeah. mean, you can imagine every evening I go down on my knees and pray to God, please mm-hmm. make these scientists wrong, uh, because if they are not wrong, you know, wow, then we could have a future uh, that we need to really care about now.
0: Right, as opposed to make these scientists wrong, wake up the world. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, because. You know, and I I believe you're the same as me. I'm in a completely wired up environment. I'm very fortunate to be in a home that has solar panels on top. So the ambient RF doesn't get in. I'm in a very, very safe zone all the time. However, sometimes I walk outside and somebody has a booster and somebody else, you know, has their smart meter and somebody else has the cell phone tower down the road. And then I'm not protected, but I can come to my home and feel safe and re-energize my body, but what we're doing is we're really spreading this everywhere. Mm -hmm. And you had this fabulous quote in Generations Apt where you said we've been exposed to one quintillion times more energy than we were 10 years ago. And that was what, three years ago, four years ago?
1: Something like that. And that's important to remember that when you look upon public exposure, even if you don't even own a smartphone or a baby alarm or a tablet, you are still exposed wherever you are as you said. And if you compare that to the natural background into which elderly people like myself were born, uh, then the difference to today is a quintillion times higher or for other frequency intervals, actually much higher than that. And finally, since all these exposures from different gadgets are really artificial in its innermost meaning, um, you can even say that the exposures are infinitely much higher because there has never been such an environmental toxin around before. And your body is completely without any protection. Again, you know, I remember there was a governmental person here in Sweden who said, no, the radiation can only penetrate from a cell phone a few millimeters into the skin. And since I'm a very sort of simple man you know I took two laboratory technicians two women that were um, a little bit overweight and I asked them to place the cell phone between themselves and then hug really pressing all the female flesh together and then I tried to call the cell phone and believe it or not it was immediately ringing as if the women were not even present so the penetration oh, of course wow. right through as it is right through walls, ceilings, floors, and you name it.
0: I love this. And I 100% understand. And I believe that my audience will too and does. And so my number one recommendation is to wire up whenever possible. You, yes. know, you can even, I can use my cell phone except to make a call, yeah. but I can do everything else on my smartphone while I'm wired yeah. to the internet.
1: And actually, you know, from a technical point of view, if you use fiber optics for the wiring, uh, here in Sweden, it's becoming more and more common and popular. The technical characters of your system will improve dramatically. It's much better than to have a wireless system. Uh, so so if you have a wired based on fiber optics, that's really optimal. And as you say, if you have a wired cell phone or computer, I mean, you get the same things. It's the same videos, the same pictures, the same texts. And so there is no difference at all, but you get it in a safe format.
0: And you get it faster oh and it's more reliable. God.
1: Yeah. And, and we more privacy disturbances and so on, you know, so it's the yes. ideal system and... Honestly, you know, I mean, in Sweden, for instance, I mean, you don't really see people run around that much with a computer in their hand as it was meant to be. People are actually stationary in their workplace and in their homes. They're not that mobile. Of course, the cell phone is a different uh, story, but in the long term run, um, maybe we have as Sort of evolution, technical evolution, having to take a few steps backwards and go. Yes, back. with
0: wires all over yeah. our homes. Remember yeah. that? Remember yeah. when we first got yeah. internet? <laughs> and, and you know, we made all our
1: necessary calls, and so anyhow, so. Maybe we need to do that. and uh, But um, I remember I gave a lecture once uh, and there was an elderly man present. And I always ask the audience when I start, um, how much more of the third generation mobile telephony exposure do you get today compared to like 20 or 30 years ago? And um, I asked them, is it twice as much or three times as much. And this old man said, no, 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 no. It's a lot more. I would say it's a hundred times more. And the whole (laughs) audience, you know, they went, no, 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 that's not even possible, you know. Uh, But then I had to deliver the answer, as you already have done, that the difference is actually a quintillion times more, a one with 18 zeros behind. So, The words like it's a colossal increase or astronomical increase or biblical increase, they don't really cover it. You know, it's so big. And as you said before, it's invisible. It doesn't smell. Uh, So you don't know. It's there all the time, 24-7, really. And people are exposed and it goes through anything, including their own bodies.
0: Now to this point, what health effects do you believe that we're seeing now that we might not be relating to our wireless intake? I
1: would point to effects on fertility here in Europe, and I know it's the same in other parts of the world, including North America, uh, the quality and um, life expectancy of male sperm cells have dramatically gone down. And when scientists the last 15 years have done very good experiments exposing sperm cells in test tubes to mobile phone radiation, they can done, um, produce the very same effects and yes, there was a
0: great study in China, too, where they yeah. actually put them in front of Wi-Fi's yeah, and exactly. measured, had the same results. Exactly. Yes, I have a great article about it. Yes. You
1: know, I mean, there is a lot of discussion about, for instance, maybe there are a few extra cancer cases and so on. Society could deal probably with all of that, but if we have an impact on the fertility uh, That could be so dramatic, so maybe there won't even be a future for mankind. And I don't want to sort of paint a too bad a picture, but I heard a few days ago from Japan uh, that um, the number of adult diapers have now surpassed the number sold for baby diapers. Hmm? Meaning that fewer and fewer people in Japan for different reasons, Gets babies, And here in Europe, it's quite dramatic in many countries. And I remember the uh, minister for public health in Italy, he said, and that's about five, 10 years ago, uh, that if nothing changes regarding sperm cell quality and fertility, then, and I quote, the lost Italian will be born in 50 years time, and Italy will only be upheld by immigration thereof.
0: Oh, Ula! It is a devastating and heartbreaking. Yeah, and
1: fact. you know, and um, that's the same for most countries in the Western world.
0: Yeah, we do what's called the tech wellness ways, and they're just bite-sized, um, easy to comprehend and actually act upon ideas for being well with technology in all all different ways. But one of the most popular is thinking about having a baby. Mm-hmm. Tell your man to get his cell phone. Out of his pocket and his laptop off his lap, and so I think that that is resonating. People do understand on a very real level that fertility is an issue. So I thank you for bringing that up. And also, if you could tell everyone just one thing, the most important thing today, what would that be?
1: Wow. Perhaps um, again, and I, maybe I, I make you disappointed because again, it's not directly, but more indirectly about humans, and that's of course the effects on pollinating insects. Uh, As you know, the reduction of pollinating insects like honeybees uh, has been dramatic all over the world. You hardly see insects any longer. Uh, And when again, control experiments have been done exposing for instance, honeybee uh, hives to cell phone radiation, the queen, um, she leaves the beehive with her workers and she don't return. Uh, So she just flies away and she doesn't return. Uh, And um, maybe that is going on worldwide. And again, while we talk, this exposure that could be one of the most um, important environmental toxins is out there doing its Job, Uh, Not only communicating between gadgets, but also exposing everything else in biology as well as human medicine. And so I would probably point to that kind of effects that again are quite um, scary. And again, I often go down on my knees and ask God again to make those scientists wrong.
0: Well, and my hope is that people will hear you and their reaction will be to turn off their phone. Yeah. To get a wire-up kit and get their, their homes wired to yeah. most but, you know, definitely yeah. ask their schools.
1: I mean, if you really should make a difference, then I would say the following. Then you cannot have any of these wireless gadgets. And you should, as you said before, go back to wired concepts and back is not the word because back is in this case, the future with fiber optics and so on. Uh, and in the meantime, you should not allow yourself or your family to ever call a cell phone number because if you do, then the entire infrastructure must be up and working. Mm.
0: Well, that's why. a very, good, mean, point. That's that's a very of, good point. That's a very good point.
1: Situation. And, um, you know, it's a little bit like, what should I say? I mean, people, they look in the computer, you know, that more than half of the uh, connected computer time worldwide uh, is about pornography and of course if you sit there in your home watching pornography then you support the entire worldwide infrastructure Mm. you don't know where this film was made and under which circumstances and so on you know so Mm. the only way to be ethically correct is to never ever allow yourself to watch it and download it
0: that's a great recommendation.
1: Well, I mean, I'm all for that. Yeah, but I mean. <laughs> for,
0: for many, I many hear reasons. I now
1: that a lot of maybe mostly men say, no, bollocks, I, I, I want to have my porn, you know. But do you really want that? And going back then to the exposures from microwaves, if you are concerned... About yourself and your family Regarding your health Shouldn't you also be concerned about All families in the world And someone said recently I cannot be free If you are not mm-hmm. Uh, And that's that's the same. I cannot be healthy if I not allow you to be it as well.
0: Absolutely. And I think that the more people become aware, the more they will make those good and healthy choices for for all of us.
1: And, And, you know, the interesting part here is that now people may sort of be very frustrated and think, no, 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 I, I don't want to uh, get rid of my cell phone and computer and so on. But by acting the way we said, they will send a very strong signal to the manufacturers to come up with new inventions. Mm-hmm. And the last five, six years, the most common question I've got in public lectures is, OK, I hear you, but what can we do? What is the solution? And I don't um, want to take too much time, but I could just mention quickly, for instance, in Japan, you can buy Japanese cars which have a simple switch inside the car turning off the Wi-Fi inside the car because I can't many, wait
0: till that's in America. That's yeah, brilliant. Yeah. I just and, have and, to get you know, an many, old car.
1: Many parents and adults in Japan, they are very health conscious and they say, I don't want to expose my family to this. Okay. We put this simple switch in there you go in poland here in europe soon they will launch a low radiation cell phone it's a step it's maybe not the final solution but it's least a step and i see more and more and more of this kind of thinking and as you say maybe while we talk uh, some young men and women sit in a garage somewhere in California inventing tomorrow's low, low, low radiation gadgets. We don't know that, but maybe.
0: So Ula, thank you so much. This, your knowledge is incredible. And I'm so, so thrilled that you've been with me today. Where can people find you?
1: They could go through you and you have my email address and I will ask people to make short questions because I get very many oh, no. questions every day. Yes,
0: and- I'm not hoping that they will ask you questions. I want to know how they can move forward your research.
1: Oh, that's very kind of you to bring that up. And again... I know you have the link and if anyone is interested, they could support us uh, with research money. And trust me, we need every single dollar, pound or yen, you know, because it is difficult to get the attention of the public uh, organizations and the governmental organizations. So we really need the support.
0: Well, Tech Wellness will support you and hopefully our listeners will as well. Thank you so much. And we'll have you back very, very soon.
1: Oh, I hope so. Thank you very much and have a lovely day.
0: You'd be well. Now, wasn't that a great interview? Isn't he so interesting? Do you love the word pictures, the way he describes things? You know, I'll never forget the first time that I met him and we were talking about, you know, wireless in schools and the proliferation of just Wi-Fi everywhere. And he said, you know, imagine if you told parents that you were going to back up the bus to the cafeteria with all of its diesel fumes and open the doors of the cafeteria. and Just let it flow in there. Just turn on the bus and let those exhaust fumes go into the cafeteria. And the parents would say, what? No, we're not going to stop that. That's crazy. We don't want all those diesel fumes in the cafeteria where the kids are eating. But at the very same time, parents don't understand that diesel fumes are a class to be carcinogen, as designated by the World Health Organization, and so is wireless EMF. So we're allowing that wireless EMF to flow throughout the schools, yet we're not doing anything about it. So I thought that was an amazing word picture from him. Now, the top five takeaways, Ula shared the recent disturbing research discovering how EMF exposure from just wireless phones and Wi-Fi caused antibiotic resistance. I put a link to that research in the notes, and you can also find it in our research section at techwellness.com. But Ula emphasized that this is the one thing that keeps him up at night. We've all heard about antibiotic resistance in the media. Scientists are seeing that germs are becoming resistant to the antibiotics we have. So Ula is worried that if in the future bacteria be become even more resistant to antibiotics because of EMF radiation, the devastation that we're seeing in this current pandemic will look like nothing. Those are Ula's words. Now, second, I'm sure you remember Ula talking about those two women hugging with a phone in between them, and the phone clearly had signal because it rang. So yes, that was a great word picture, a reminder that even though you can't see it or smell it or touch it, wireless EMF radiation can and does penetrate your body. So stay away from it when you can. Number three, it was so interesting to hear about Ula's latest research on honeybees. I've put a link to that research in the notes, but they actually measured the effects of EMF inside the hive. You'll see the honeybees did not like it. Number four, looking forward to that new low EMF phone, right? We'll let you know when that comes out. And I, for one, am so interested in the car that allows you to turn off Wi-Fi and hopefully Bluetooth. And that reminds me to encourage you to not keep your phones on even if you're just sitting in the car, because the radiation is actually amplified when you move as the phone continually looks for new signal from tower to tower. And also, just do as many simple things as you can to limit yours and your family's exposure to radiation. Scientists are confirming more and more that it's indeed a health issue. So not only are we happy to share the latest scientific research on techwellness.com, we also have 10 easy and great tips to limit your radiation around your home and great solutions that you can look for in our shop. So until next time, I'm August Bryce. Be well.